Welcome, everybody, to Church Jams Now. Church Jams Now! Oh, thank you, TJ. I always appreciate... I have a love-hate relationship with your interstitials. Oh, I know. Like, I hate that I love them. And both reasons are why I will keep doing them forever and ever and ever. For sure. So, for those of y'all that don't know, this is a podcast where former youth group kids and current music nerds do a deep dive on Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. My name is Kyle Savage. I'm one of the co-hosts here at Church Jams Now. And the man whose lovely voice you heard, who I called TJ, is in fact... I am TJ Smith. That's why you call me that. That's true. I'm one of your other hosts here at CJN Studios. And joining us is the lovely, lovely, beautiful producer Josh. Josh. Hello, everybody. Hey, how's it going? It's great. Are you... you? still how how are we feeling after our mercy me episode we doing okay everybody i kind of blocked it out i want to check in with the guys yeah how are you doing tj i was worried about you i i don't really know what y'all are talking about i'm not sure what you're referring to i need to to ask jt about yeah yeah you might need to cross the multiversal planes and multiverse all right there's the first reference 30 seconds in cross off your bingo cards playing the Church James now drinking game. Someone mentions the multiverse. Please take a drink. <laughs> and sitting over here so lovely and patiently, which you do not have to do. You can jump in anytime, <laughs> Bethany. You know, I'm afraid that. of you. You you <laughs> should not be. We are absolute <laughs> lunatics, and we will go off the rails oh, for know. most of this. So we need a little bit of help. So, uh, yeah, let's introduce you. Mm. To our lovely jammers, yes, Church Jams Now family, uh, we're bringing on for the first time our good friend, Bethany Johnson. What's up? Welcome. Bethany. Hey. Thanks for having me, guys. Our oh pleasure. my gosh. Thanks so much for being here. Are you excited? Are you nervous? How are you feeling? Dude, are I've you... been so excited about this. I, yeah. Yes, I'm a fan of the podcast, and I love all you guys, so... What's Heck not to yeah. love about being on it? That's true. So, okay, you say you're a fan of the podcast. Uh, so we're going to do a church games cool. now. I think. We're going to do a quiz. Are we're going to sure? quiz you for okay. sure, a hundred percent. No, I don't have any questions. I don't. I don't <laughs> okay. remember. I, I don't like, remember. Sure. This is a great thing to do to our fans. Just grill them. Right <laughs> Listen, <away. laughs> I may have dropped out of DBU, but I bet I could pass the CJN test. Heck hey, yeah. me too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so hey, that's actually a pretty good segue, DBU. Uh, let's talk about how we all know each other and how how we decided to get you on this goofy little podcast of ours. Who are you? College, how do you know bro. us? Yeah, man, we go way back. I don't even want to say this, but it's been like, it's, has it been 13 years? Am I doing math Almost. right? Wow. Yes. That's insane. Yeah. Crazy. yeah, 13 years ago, little old us at DBU. Dallas Baptist University music program. Kylan, I think we sat next to each other in music theory music or theory, musicianship. Yeah. You, me, and uh, was Caleb in that class too? Maybe. I don't remember. I forget. Yeah. But I definitely I think remember. he was in mine. We were, I, yeah, we were behind I think y'all. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we met in college and all started doing worship together, riding around in Kylan's creepy van. <laughs> oh, the creepy van. <laughs> Old Bessie. You know, I miss old Bessie. good old hang times, the truth about movie stars, or Kylan Savage and a few good men plus Bethany. 
good times. <laughs> yeah, dude. Good men plus Bethany. That's plus great. Bethany. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. And then you're still doing music with Josh and stuff, right? Oh yeah. Josh Josh and I are doing our Plainsman thing with Caleb. Um Plainsman worship. Basically, it's continuously off the rails, and Josh is the one, of course, keeping us trying to. Stay yes. On okay. Track no, we talked about this. Actually, be. I remember literally as right. soon as y'all were like, when Josh was added, and he came up with the spreadsheet <laughs> and the schedule. I was like, "Yep, that's Josh." That's no, so Josh produces uh, the Enjoy the SASS podcast that we were all guests on, oh. and by the end of that, we yeah, our episode just came out. And we all realized collectively that the key to any successful creative project Josh. is to have uh, Daddy Josh. He's the linchpin. On board. <laughs> it's true. He's our podcast dad. He's the secret sauce. I just like doing fun stuff with my friends. Duh. Yeah. You're the best at it. Yeah. We need you, beautiful producer 100%. Josh. 100%. Well, awesome. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you. I want to hear a little bit more, Bethany. So we talked about how we know you from college, and we've played a lot of music together, and this is kind of the first on the show. We'll have other former T-Tams, The Truth About Movie Stars, and Kylan Savage and A Few Good Men members on as well, but this is the first time where... We're having like a reunion, which is cool. Bethany played with us for a long time, for those that don't know. It's true. So that's how we all know each other. But Bethany, I want to hear about your history of church music and your what you did or didn't grow up with and just what qualifies you to be on this podcast today. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, take us back. Yeah, I would like to be known as the co-church pew expert. Like, I feel like... Josh and I have very similar upbringings, like homeschooled for a bit. I went to a private Christian school for a bit. Like my first choir teacher that like, I was like really learning to harmonize. Like she's the lady that wrote Revelation song. Like I was so engulfed in that whole like realm. And I'm, you know, my parents are in full-time ministry. They have been for my entire life. So like Church music, worship music, like the whole nine yards, KLTY, you know, all the local radio, radio stations, Power FM. That's what I grew up listening to. Oh, and, yeah. I think um, I think KLTY, I think that's also on the church teams now drinking game. I think, yeah, Power FM needs to be Power as FM. well. Yeah. Power yeah. FM, for sure. Yeah. Like, you Rest know. peace, Power FM. <sighs> it's missed. Good times. Good times. Is, like, it, is it missed? Well, yes and no. Okay. If there's nostalgia, you know. I get that. But hey, I'll say a quick thing. Growing up in Austin, we didn't have one for the longest time. We did get one a little bit later, but it was never as good as the one up in Dallas. So every time we would come up to Dallas to visit, I would like just like wait until we got within range of like once we got to like I don't know like Hillsboro. You like, knew exactly where when like, we could actually come on, where, Dad. Yeah, where we would actually start picking it up. It was like we're here. We got the good <laughs> power of them. That's so yes. funny. That's so I love funny. it. I love it. Yeah, I totally grew up listening to all that. My dad, you know, was a big musical influence for me. He loved Power FM, but, you know, he also introduced me to, like, Metallica and some more, like, classic rock. And Whoa. Um, okay, Dad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, like, he would literally, <laughs> he would either pick me up from school on his motorcycle blasting Metallica or in our huge family van blasting like the Braveheart soundtrack. Like there was just <laughs> no in between. Either way, like, Bethany, it seems like you had a really cool childhood. <laughs> yes. I really did. I really did. Um so yeah, and I just I 
grew up leading worship and, you know, still love to lead worship and just have always kind of been in that circle. A lot of, you know, pretty much every album y'all have covered so far has like a very distinct part of my adolescence and childhood and growing up. So what were some big ones for you? Yeah. What are the hits? Oh my gosh. I mean, of course, like Reliant K's mm -hmm, album, like I feel like that was really when I was starting to like come into my own and like pick my own CDs and like pick what I wanted to listen to. Yeah. Um, obviously some of Under Oath's early stuff and Switchfoot, hint, hint, and oh, yeah. uh, Newsboy, like literally all of it. Like it's all so nostalgic and like a lot of it I still listen to and Berlin on a fairly regular basis. So nice. I can't, I can't pick favorites. Well, that's what we're here to do. So we'll pick <laughs> favorites for you. <laughs> Comes with the no, territory. That's- yeah. Uh that's awesome. So yeah, uh you made a, a really good segue that I'm going to completely trample over <laughs> now by doing this. Um today we are talking about the beautiful letdown by Switchfoot. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, no. Isn't Beautiful Letdown by Mercy Me? Didn't we cover that already? Oh my gosh. Because I just remember being beautifully beautifully let down when we listen to that album so i just oh, i really I thought it. we nice. covered it that was a good Already. Segue, that <laughs> maybe was. i'm wrong Way to bridge those two episodes cool so yeah we are talking about switchfoot today josh do you want to you want to give us a little bit of a rundown on who is this band switchfoot that we speak of give us some context yeah. oh i'm all here for the context and bethany feel free to jump in if there's any uh little bits of wisdom and knowledge that you would like to add. But Switchfoot, very popular San Diego, California band, founded in 1996, originally a three-piece from brothers John and Tim Foreman and their cousin, Chad Butler. So they were three-piece for their first three records. Um, All three members are still in the band. They're still going strong, which is good because they're all family. You wouldn't want anything to happen there. Right. So from 1996, they're still going today. Um... They for this record they added uh Jerome Fontamias on guitar and keys. Uh, this was their first record with him and their first record as a four piece, so mm. kind of a good transition as them expanding like their sound and also really just like breaking forward into the mainstream. Yeah, um, uh, just to go over if you don't know, John Foreman does vocals and guitar, primary songwriter, uh, Tim Foreman, his brother, plays bass. Their cousin Chad plays drums, and then Jerome is on guitars and keys, and then he's just kind of like an auxiliary guy that just does anything and everything. Cool. He was in an old band, uh, I think Fold Zandura back in the day, and then he joined them after that band kind of um, wound down. So for The Beautiful Letdown, this album came out on February 25th, 2003, which it just passed. It's wow. 19th birthday. Gosh. Which is crazy. That makes me feel so old. And then it was on uh, Sparrow slash Columbia Records. Uh, they're pro- it was produced by John Fields, and he has quite the resume for producing many artists you will know, such as the Backstreet Boys, Jonas Brothers, Demi Lovato, Miley Cyrus, Pink, Lifehouse. Okay, so he's uh, like a big, like, big pop guy. Yeah, big guy, yeah. Um, he was also on... Did a little additional production for Jimmy World's Chase This Light. Ooh, Shout out to Jimmy World. Right yeah. on. Um, and I did think it was interesting that the mixing on this record was a little bit, they had a couple different people involved, but 
um, if you are aware of the Lord Algae Brothers, mm-hmm. um, they are real big names in the game when it comes to mixing. So they had all the songs were mixed by one person on the record, except for Meant to Live, This Is Your Life, and Dare You to Move, which were mixed by the first one was mixed by Chris and the other one was mixed by Tom. So that I was like right away that showed me that the label was like, they kind of knew these what the, album they had yeah. and they knew the song. Like these so are the like, singles. Okay. Cause those two guys yeah. Yeah, are very, um, very important to that specific like two thousands pop rock sound. Like very yeah, you've much heard like hundreds of their mm-hmm. songs that they've mixed, even if you didn't know it, but that's yep. just how big they are. Yeah. Um, this album obviously was huge, as we all know. Um, it debuted on the Billboard 200 at number 16, the Billboard Christian at number one. Wow, so it actually made it to number one. It made, had it made it to number one for the Christian one, and it had staying power too. It was the uh, Billboard Christian best performing album of 2004 and 2005, and it came out in 2003. Billboard- Wow, yeah, amazing. <laughs> Early 2003 <laughs> yeah. as well. So it had basically yeah. all of 2003 and yeah. then 2004 and 2005. That's yep. wild. And then whenever they do, Billboard does their like two, like end of the decade best of lists. Um, it was on, it came out as number two for the Billboard Christians, uh, Christian charts, which it was just behind POD satellite. So out of all the 2000s, The Beautiful Letdown was the second highest selling oh, wow. Christian album. And then... It was. It made it out of the top 200 as well. So it was 195 out of 200, just out of just regular all the albums, not just Christian. yes, wow. out of all the albums in the 2000s. Crazy. It was 195. Well, do y'all remember? Like, I, I don't remember when it came out, but like Switchfoot did that cover of "Only Hope" from "A Walk to Remember." Y'all might not not even remember that, yeah. but oh, I wonder yeah. what year that was because that may have been part of what like catapulted them into more of like a secular scene even though i think they've always prided themselves on being kind of like neutral uh i'm actually yeah. looking wikipedia says that was in o2 okay so just so, yeah, i mean right, right before this like, album yeah yeah they see this, this album they really... seemed kind of perfectly primed by that yeah. point like where they were as a band to blow up in the way that they did because this was a really huge album yeah gigantic like, just, yeah. everyone just was listening culturally. to it no it had like it had so many like I feel like anthems for like every like what was it like Christian Fellowship of Christian Athletes and like mm-hmm. <laughs> there were tons of conferences at the time like Acquire the Fire I don't know if y'all ever went to that with like Delirious oh, yeah. you know mm-hmm. um, what a throwback but like I feel like Dare You to Move and some of those were at like every Christian youth event for like five years straight <laughs> oh yeah no I mean yeah um. Meant to Live and Dare You to Move in particular were the two just like, like when I first started playing guitar, when I got my first electric guitar, I think the first song I tried to learn was, that was, lick to was Meant to, to Move. What, no, it was, oh, was that Meant to Live. It's like, this is rock and roll, man. I've never been cooler than this moment. Yep, I thought it was so cool. That song was everywhere. It was like on, I remember that video was on MTV and Fuse and it was like a big, not just Christian cultural moment, but just American music cultural thing. And really kind of like Bethany's saying, it's like, I just remember this album being stacked. Like even the back half, I remember thinking like, 
all of these songs are so catchy. Like, it's one of those that just feels like any song could be, almost any song could be a single, you know? Which is just Oh, bonkers. for sure. Like, Definitely. That's impressive. So, yeah. So, yeah, like, um, what else do you guys remember of this album, like, at the time? Like, 2003? Like, what, what were you guys doing in 2003 when this album dropped? I just remember, I just, this is so lame. I shouldn't even say this on, like, No, you need to. Come on. So, like, I had a very tender spirit, okay? And, like, <laughs> I, I remember I would sit in my bed. This was the year that I had transitioned into private school for, like, a while. And I would sit on my bed praying and, like, listening to Dare You to Move in my, like, purple Walkman headset, just, like, crying, yeah. like, God, yes, I'll follow you, <laughs> like, I will move, and, like, <laughs> like literally yeah. just bawling by myself in my bed. No big deal. Dude, that is not as embarrassing as you think it is, uh, because oh, I did man. that as well. Oh, and good. in, <laughs> But he yeah. was listening to Britney Spears. <laughs> Not true. I was a Backstreet Boys man. Sorry, my bad. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Um, I mean, yeah, I also admitted on this podcast that uh, I would skateboard by myself in my garage listening to Audio Adrenaline. That was a how big was your garage? Oh, very tiny. I did not go anywhere. (laughs) I had full pads, like helmet, full pads, going like I had like six feet, (laughs) and I'd go back and forth. (laughs) listening no to wonder you adrenaline. were angsty you're like a freaking hamster in a wheel <laughs> yeah tj what about you you got to tell an embarrassing story i was a little older now. i was like this was like freshman year i think for me so we had a pool in our like neighborhood it was like we weren't like a gated community but we had like a, a fancy pool as a part of our neighborhood so i remember walking down to the pool in the summer and bringing my like my uh, sound system that was like 4D batteries y'all remember those like the oh, Sony yeah. boom boxes mm-hmm. I, I brought that all the way down to the pool and like cranked it top volume and just like got it going and then cannonballed into the pool I've got this like visceral <laughs> okay. memory that is a cool memory, tiny little honestly. TJ I'm like probably 80 pounds and i'm just like i'm the coolest guy ever it's summer i love it so i've got like a real summer memory with 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 this album yeah i i got a real summer vibe like when i think about this album too yeah oh yeah i mean it's in the artwork even family like right yeah like a swimming pool and Mm -hmm. which i wanted to say i I wanted y'all's take on like what what do you think the deal was with it i almost felt like it was a like a response to the Nirvana album cover. I was like, oh shit, like, oh, no water. I never thought about that. And it's like a baby, and then I never like thought the beginning about of life, and then like, oh, that's I love that. It's used up. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of like no, a that's a that's a really good theory. Yeah. Now I think I read that they were going to set the base on fire, but then Whoa. the place where they were shooting it wouldn't, at, wouldn't let it. them do it. But then they like bought that base. It was like a really cheap base. But then Tim was like, actually, I kind of like this base. Like, let's not like. So I think they were going to like break it up and just throw it at the bottom. And they're like, he's like, actually, let's not. Let's just Can put it down just there. Lay it down it yeah. Um, so that's funny. Yeah. I love that. Uh, with this record, I was kind of the contrarian with this one because this was like, 
obviously it was huge and super big and everyone was listening to it. And like, I heard the songs like, cause I would be like riding around with, well, because you were like, a human friends, and you had ears and, my, and a heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I like nothing really grabbed me with them, but I think I really like leaned into being like, I'm going to be the cool guy who doesn't like switch. Oh, this was that so, band for you. This was that band okay. for me. I was like, everyone loves Switchfoot, but I'm like, it's okay. Like nothing really inter- in- into it for <laughs> interesting for me. So it wasn't until uh, my first, our first year of college when Hello Hurricane came out and everyone at DB yeah. was listening to that. And I was like, okay, this is all right. Well, guys, I have a fun little game if y'all want to play. Ooh, a game. Play a game. I love games. I always got games, you know? Yeah. This is like my new thing. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, I think this will be fun. You guys, uh, you'll all give your answers, and then I'll tell you what the answer is, and then we'll see if you're right or not. So the name of this cool. game, if you couldn't guess from the first song that I had playing when you all came into the chat, this is a game I like to call Switch Foot Loose. Ooh. So what, what I'm going to do is I, <laughs> I have five questions. Uh, five questions. Uh, five lyrics, essentially. Uh, I'm going to read a lyric, and you're going to have to tell me, is that a lyric from a Switchfoot song from (laughs) this album or a lyric from the musical Footloose? Amazing. (laughs) All right? I love this so much. All right, here we go. to lose at this. (laughs) (laughs) I literally came up with this like 20 minutes before we started. I I love it. I'm, I wondered I'm why so you picked excited. that song. Everything makes so much sense now. Question one. Somebody's waiting to take him back again. Love is no disguise. Oh, oh, from somebody's eyes. What do we think, TJ? Uh, I don't think that's a Switchfoot lyric. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't I guess, yeah, I think that's Footloose. Footloose. Yeah. All right. You guys are right. That is from Somebody's Eyes from Woo! Footloose. Woo! All right. I have here we never go. actually seen Footloose. How many points oh. are... are Correct answer's just one. worth. Just one. Oh, man, I don't know. No fun. A thousand. A yes. thousand. Who cares? It's yes. all made up. Everything's made up. And the points don't matter. Points don't matter. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, question number two. Stepping out of those convenience stores, what could we want but more, more, more? That's absolutely a Switchfoot lyric. Really? Switch. I was going to say Footloose. No, nah, that's got to be Switchfoot. We got two for, two for Switchfoot, one for Footloose. Yeah. That is from Adding to the Noise by Switchfoot. That's a great, that's one of those back half jams. Yeah. All right, here we go. Question three. Life is not what I thought it was 24 hours ago. Definitely Switchfoot. From the song 24? Yes. Or is this a trick question? I don't know. No, that's 100% true. All right. Yes, that is a Switchfoot. That is from 24. (laughs) I'm impressed with my memory so far. All right, here we go. Question number four. Does it ever cross your mind that I miss you? Is there any chance we'll find the joy that we shared at the start? Footloose. That's Footloose. Man, all right, yeah. You guys are killing my game. Yeah, Footloose. Can you find it in your heart? DJ's just too confident. He remembers this album too well. I I was really hoping. I'm honestly blown away. (laughs) Like, I did not expect this. Or he remembers Footloose. I forced myself to listen. I'm I'm a closet Footloose fan. (laughs) All right, well, here's then question five. Uh, heaven helps the man who fights his fear. Love's the only thing that keeps me here. That's Switchfoot. Got one for Switchfoot. I think I'm voting Switchfoot. I'll vote Switchfoot. Footloose. 
Josh, you are correct. That is from Footloose. Heaven helps the man. That was a tough one. I know. I was excited about that one. That one seemed like like the most. Yeah, you got uh, me. It could have gone either way. That was tricky. Well, that's what I was going for with the whole thing. But I mean, TJ just killed my game up until the end. He was. Hey, he was too on top of. I I was Icarus. I flew too close to the Switchfoot Sun. That's true. Well, that has been this edition and the the only edition that will ever exist. Well, maybe not. Uh, that was amazing. Switch Footloose, the game. <laughs> uh, coming soon to stores near you. Kick off your beautiful letdown shoes. Yeah, so I think we can go right into our predictions. Do we think this album is going to be a flop or a bop? Who's first, Kai Dog? I'll go first, because I feel like I always end up going last, and then I always have to like justify that it's actually your own opinion <laughs> got him yeah. uh this is gonna be a bop guys and i think what tj was saying too even the back half because usually what happens on these albums is like they're always really front loaded and then they always kind of lose me about three quarters of the way through i think john foreman's skill as a songwriter mm-hmm. and just everyone in this band i think at this point was just bringing everything they had I, I think i think the whole album's gonna be a bop yeah i'm gonna second that i think we're going to bop city on this one y'all bethany what do you think 100 percent a bop like there is no doubt there's no doubt mind. are you sure none there's yes. no doubt and i haven't listened to this in a couple of years now so i'm going off of memory maybe it'll bite me in the butt but i 100 percent a bop all right and beautiful producer, producer Josh, beautiful Josh, what do you think? I got to say a bop because I think it will have obviously all the good bops that you know and love, but then the ones that you're unfamiliar with, some hidden gem bops as well. All right. So we are four for four, Bop Town. Four for four on our predictions. Bop Town. So what I think we're going to do is take a little break that will be very short for the listener, that will be very long. For all of those involved, and we're gonna take a listen to this album. And when we come back, we will pull Stephen Curtis Chapman and dive right in to the 2003 album. What is it called? The Beautiful Letdown. <laughs> but we won't be diving into the pool. Oh no, 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 it's empty because there's no water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Y'all can come to my neighborhood pool, and we can dive in and just Why crank it up boom my boombox. Yeah, you got it. I dare you to move into my neighborhood and go to the pool. All right, we're done. Get out of here. It really sucks, Josh. You know, we've been traveling and we ended up in this town. The first thing that they had on their city limit signs were no dancing. Which is a bummer because I'm traveling in my tap shoes. There's, I can't do anything but dance. This is the only things I pack. <laughs> you would you would only pack tap shoes. Uh, yeah. Who's that coming down the road? Oh, Bethany, what are you doing in this weird no dancing footloose what? town? Kylan, why do you look so sweaty? What's what's going on? Well, we we danced the whole way to this town, and now we can't dance, and we don't know what to do. I packed Patreon bot because he always gives us a really good beat, so we can dance. People have been getting mad. Patreon, stop, stop, stop. Patreon bot, you gotta stop. You gotta stop. We're not allowed to dance here. Apologies. I was performing the sacred dance of the fatherland and the motherboard, colloquially known as the robot. I will cease now. Yes, 
Patreon bot. We got to be really secretive here um, because as you're talking, I'm going to be doing a little dance in the background, but like we can't let anyone know. Um, so we just ran into our friend Bethany here. I don't know how she feels about dancing, but she might really like our Patreon. So what I need you to do is I need you to tell her how awesome our Patreon is and like all the bonus content you can get. You think you can handle that? Yes, user Kylan. Greetings, new user. What is your designation? What is my designation? I- I'm white. I <laughs> I don't know how to answer what is she- that. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Oh my god! I mean, you are because you are. <laughs> how do you refer to yourself? Oh, I'm I'm Bethany. Greetings, user Bethany. Greetings. I have been commanded to tell you all about our Church Jams Now Patreon. There is tons of exclusive bonus content, origin story episodes, curated playlists, and more. Josh, run! They saw you dancing! Get get your tap shoes off! Take your tap shoes off! Take them off! Take them off! Oh no, my six degrees of Kevin Bacon alarm is firing on all cylinders. When does the alarm have music with it? I have to dance now. We we can only dance. Why couldn't we do a Hollow Man ad? Don't worry, I'll save you. Hey, jammers. Welcome on back. We just listened to the beautiful letdown by Switchfoot, and we're about to just dive into these songs. We're really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Bethany's yeah, back with us. Yeah, I'm really excited. Can't wait to talk it over. To hear your thoughts, and yeah, I I got to tell you guys, I really really enjoyed going back down the beautiful letdown lane. You did okay. Uh, it it was just a nice um experience to have all these sonic associations flashing back at me from like the halcyon days of youth group and and the pool that's right yep jumping in the pool summers riding bikes man it was yeah it was just a good it was a good listen through i okay all right that's good to know have a lot of good warm fuzzy feelings about this one so yeah well i i gotta say before we get into this I am fully expecting some sweet, sweet bass from Kyla. Oh boy! I'm gonna be, point out some sweet, sweet bass. Better on this that's like sweet, on sweet bass so many of my notes. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's most of my notes. Okay, uh, so, without further ado, let's jump into track number one: "Meant to Live." I know that painting is so good. Like, I think my Walkman was broken when I was young, so I don't, I think I heard half of that. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) That's great. Like, I thought it cut out. (laughs) I love it. That's so good. I I just wrote, damn, this song. Oh, (laughs) no, I wrote apparently, damn, this song good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
Uh, I forgot proper grammar because it's just so good. No, that is proper in this instance. Damn, this song good makes me want to learn how to skateboard. (laughs) Welcome back to Grammar Jams Now, where we broke Kylan's grammar brain because this song, Meant to Live by Switchfoot, was so damn good. It is, though, right? It slaps, man. It does. At the time, like we, I remember thinking it was so heavy, and like it is, it's oh, yeah. in the way it is, like for especially for its genre and like the time, yes. like this was heavy. Yeah, I love it. You got the da na 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 na. Well, this is this is one of the ones that Chris Ward Algae mix, and the guitars are huge in this song. Like they're massive. So I didn't know that until you brought it up in part A, but I noticed a little bit of a discrepancy in terms of mixes Definitely. on this album. Yeah, I thought this uh, one that, stood that, out that, because that we will get into it later. was so yes. guitar heavy. It really is. Also, I love those. Like, I don't I don't know enough about guitar to speak intelligently about this, but whatever the um, all the like. Really high, the little like the harmonics at the, the harmonics, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love whenever so they good. do like the scratches and the harmonics because they're always so perfectly placed. They never compete with the vocal yeah, or any other part. Yeah, they accent really well. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then you have the bridge where it goes into the acoustic guitar, that real like bright acoustic guitar. Kylan, <sighs> okay. Over the course of the episodes that we've recorded for this podcast uh-huh. so far, I've complained time and time again about how I hate the like churchy strummy guitar. Yes, you finally, have. finally, this does it. This does we it. We found for you? an album that has examples yes. of that like Done well. strummy guitar that I love. Why do I like it in this context? But I but I've hated it in all the others. Help me. Probably uh, it's, leaning too much on yeah, it. Yeah, it's, a it's nice like reprieve. a break. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a break true. from all the other wall of sound that's happening in such a good way. Wall of sound is a really good way to put that. Yeah. 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 That's definitely that like Chris Lord Alge thing, like big, huge, super compressed. Everything yeah. is like drilling right into your brain. And then, yeah. Yeah. I feel Bethany, like. I think you're right. Yeah. I feel like. What is that Aussie song? Um, Where they do something similar? Yeah, like there's just a wall of sound and those like chuggy almost uh, guitar sound. And it like, this song always reminds me of that feeling. Mm -hmm. No More Tears, that's what it is. Oh, Um, yeah. Yes. And I just just love it. Sweet. We got anything else to say about this song? Yeah, I, I just remember like I read of Mice and Men in eighth grade, which was like the year after this came out. And I just remember, I was like, I am so philosophical. Like, I know exactly <laughs> what they are I'm talking so about. Like, I am very <laughs> learned. Um, but yeah, just like, it kind of drove home for me. Because like, the the themes of that were very much like, the temporary state of home and like, loneliness and injustice and like, f- the beauty of friendship amid all of that. And I think it drives home like, a lot of the themes of this song and understanding. For sure. Yeah. Um, Guys, do we think like of all the albums we've covered, like front to back, maybe this album has like the most consistently good lyrics? That's a good question. It's definitely a contender. Yeah, I I think so. 
I I think above all else, John Foreman he is so good. A really good like. But this goes back to like I have a lot of that like pop sensibility just rattling around in my brain. Uh, this is the most sort of like forward pop rock, but with like an intellectual bent. Yes. I think to a lot of it, like interesting references and things. Very much so. I- and and you see, sorry, TJ, you see like later, especially in John Foreman's discography and like all of his lyrics, like he is a philosopher. He he is a mm-hmm. deep thinker and he thinks about the world in such like an artful way and like so it's cool to see how he infuses that even in before he gets into the more like folky style like it was always there in his lyrics yeah yeah i um i think i I love that you bring that up calen because i think that it's proving that this album could be the perfect intersection for like you and i like it's got the poppy songwriting sensibilities but it's also bringing like a lot of depth and, he, he and distills a lot of big ideas into really like digestible like witty and digestible lyrics yes yeah which is pretty he's, cool he's kind of a genius like in that way so yeah. yeah and this song is no exception like 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 you mentioned bethany the, the mice and men reference and um you know it's like what one thing that i i'll bring up multiple times i'm sure but definitely felt immediately in this song was how he so quickly um lists these things that are very personal experiences but he sings about them in a way that are very universal mm. so the personal yeah. and the universal to me are like that's that's, that's the mark of a good song for right me right there yep yeah like like all the songs that i really connect to and i think the songs that i write that i like the most are those that like you can listen to and relate to with a myriad of experiences, Mm -hmm. but I also have a deep personal connection. Like I know I have a very specific place that it came from. Yeah. Well, and I think he calls that out. Like, you know, he keeps saying somewhere we live inside and like, I think that makes you want to be introspective. Even like we were listening to that at an age where like we didn't even really understand what introspection was or what that meant. But like, it was, like who am I? Who's in here? Like what? What but am he I? He was you giving know? us language. Yeah, exactly. That's such yeah. a good way to That's say cool. it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Sweet. Well, let's move on to track number two. Oh, guys. I brought my th- my patented thumb ranking oh, system. Oh yes, to oh, thumb system is back. I told you it, it was a it was a real thing. I know. Thing. Uh, it's you back. Did it on one episode and then, <laughs> and then I stopped just for like a while. didn't do it. But it's back, and this song gets two thumbs up from Teach. Love it. Hell yeah, me Darn too. Strong. I would lose respect if it didn't. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's no. The this. Right opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Track number two. This is your life. Oh wait, though, this was such a turn from mental like so much, like such like the weird like trip hop, like super yeah. like like it reminded me of like Portishead, yeah, like uh, or even this- like 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 
Dust Brothers, like the Fight Club soundtrack Ooh, is kind of oh, like this. Yeah, and like, I got a Dust Brothers like, note for later on this record, too. Oh, oh my God. Oh, look at the synergy. That's great. Uh, I did say I didn't love this as the second track. I like this really? song a lot. Yes. I don't think it should have been track two. I agree. I, just, I really don't. If you think of the album as a whole, I feel like you drop off energy so much from okay. Beth, Bethany, what do you got? Just like, I can agree with that. Okay, sonically, I think it could have like held energy better elsewhere. But like lyrically, I don't know that a song could have followed up Meant to Live better than this one does. I agree with that. Yeah. That's fair. So I And I think as the philosophical writer that we've already chalked John Foreman up to be, I think that matters for him. And so he's putting it thematically in the right place as opposed to maybe sonically. Yeah. I was definitely approaching it more sonically because I, I can, yeah, I can. And I had that kind of a lot with this record where they just jump mm-hmm. between like real up tempo, real down tempo, real up, real down. And I was like, there's where's the flow of this? I didn't feel a lot of flow on this album. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really? So, no, yeah, really, it it felt really scattershot. But this goes back again to like, I don't listen to lyrics really at so all. So it's so interesting because literally I was like almost purely lyrically listening to it because I just I'm a songwriter at heart. And so like my note on this song is like, can we talk about how this is literally the perfect song to follow up meant to live? Like just I'm with you. I love that. Thematically, like it just flows. Yep. So I I love when we're at loggerheads like that because I have no fucking clue what this song is about. (laughs) And um I'll be honest was listening to it. This one also appeals to me even though it's an energy drop, it appeals to me so much as a drummer because it is funky as hell. But yeah, not in a try-hard way. It's like very they're throwing try-hard. it away a little bit, and it just feels like very chill. It's like a chill jam, but it's got some groove. Yeah, so I like just, that. The thing is, I really, really, really like this song. I really hated it coming right after Meant to Live. Same. Just energy-wise. I'm with so It just like, oh, this is so interesting. I love this. Very we got 2v2. Four four. We're like, yeah, 2v2 right here. I just, I don't know. I think, like, it was also emotionally, like, meant to live is so, like, like, we all have memories connected to that song. And then, like, mm-hmm. going into This Is Your Life, I'm, like, already, like, feeling it. And then this song, like, I just, it had no business calling me out as much as it did. Like, I feel like John wrote this knowing that we would be listening to it, like, 15 to 20 years later. And, like, remember when you listened to that <laughs> song and you were a wide-eyed kid oh, and you dang. were, like, optimistic? Now wow. are you living how you want to? And that, like, hit me in the chest. I was like, mm. shit. Like, am I? I don't know. Oh, it got man. me in the same way, Bethany. I yes. love that you talk about that. That's yes. so good. Yeah. I love when we disagree on things because we all, like, you know, TJ, I've talked to you about this a lot, how you're my favorite person to disagree with. And Bethany, I love that you're, like, adding to this conversation because, like, like you guys have really thought about this in a way that I didn't on the you know two or three listens that that I did on this record and it, it's making me reconsider a little bit nice and um, I think the the concept too that uh Bethany mentioned being a good follow-up thematically makes the sparse sonic elements work for me like I like the lyrics are so good that I I get sucked into them and I'm like mm-hmm. well this like this groove is enough for me basically oh, yeah. Like the weird, like eight oh eight synthy stuff and the bass, mm-hmm. like that's enough to carry me through the whole song because the lyrics are so strong. Mm-hmm. Basically, 
Well, and it, it the crescendo, the way the song crescendos wonderfully, like it builds yes. up really well. And by the time you hit that last chorus, like that last chorus feels like it would be a good song to follow up meant to live but you have to go through the whole mm. first part of it building and building which the build is really satisfying they do it great mm-hmm. it's set up really well for that but yeah I, it's just too much of a drop for me and there's that's just a whole thing for me with like albums that like first track is big and the second track drops it like third track is okay to bring it down but kylan even like like uh death cab for cuties transatlanticism which i mm. love it's what in like my top 20 records but like lightness as track number two just like drops so yes. hard yeah. whenever like after I agree with that. as track two yeah i'm like don't put that as track two like but i love that record but that every time i listen to it yeah so i i'm at least consistent with yeah that. yes so, y'all, y'all want that energy good. to stay live i do yeah two. for yeah, sure you can make like, that I, for three I, or I something think i want the like especially if you're hitting so hard I want to keep that energy up for just a little, a little bit, bit longer, longer That's before fair. you before you drop down. Yeah, musically at least. Um, well, cool. Let's move on to track number three. Oh wait, Kylan. Oh, okay. Sorry. Is there am I, any am I rushing everything? Sweet, sweet bass on this song. There is. There is. This wasn't the sweetest of sweet, sweet bass. Okay, but is I have it a specific song. Notable. Like, okay. okay. I don't. Uh, here's was, the thing, guys. Do you? Okay. Do you only pick wanna, one sweet, sweet just, bass song a record? What? Do you only pick one sweet, sweet bass song or record? Well, the thing is, I don't want to like cheapen it or make it gimmicky. Sure. Um, I'm excited to see if this is, isn't the one because I just feel like the bass slaps so freaking hard on the song. Love I love. I think I know which on one. the second chorus. But, yes, the yes, yes, yes. And then but the, when the me, breakdown hits, yes, the 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 synth uh, stands out. For, That's for true. Me, That's like, a good point. For a song to have sweet, I think sweet it's bass, synth bass though. There need, well, going yeah, synth, but right? sy- I mean, sweet, sweet synth bass is just well, I think like it's one too bass many going S's. through a synth pedal, though. <laughs> it's quite too many S's. Oh, really? There's too much I alliteration going on here, guys. I think he's, I know, I think it's he's playing through a synth pedal. <laughs> All right, oh. fine, fine. Sweet, but sweet bass. Kylan, Kylan, I think <laughs> You want to just know. break me down <laughs> no. and cheapen okay, that's my fine. legacy no, 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 no. on Church Jams now. No. Kylan, of The one thing that I contribute. The one singular thing that I contribute. Yeah, right. Kylan, I think I know which song is going to be your fave. Right. I don't. And I want to see if I'm right. In I've terms of in terms of sweet sweet bass. In terms of sweet sweet bass, yes. Okay. Maybe redemption, I think, but yeah. Also, this song got two thumbs up from me. Two thumbs. Yeah. Awesome. Two thumbs. All right, we're at four thumbs. Yeah, I th- with the whole sequencing though, Kylan. I think they were right to do that. I guess because this is one of their more popular songs, so you want to front load it a little bit. But I'm For still sure. with you on like right. energy wise, flow yeah, wise, energy wise. It just dips down. Yeah, a little too much for me. Um. Well, cool. We want to move on to track number three. We do. I'm more than fine with that. Oh my god! Track number three, more than fine. Okay, this intro music sounds like that freaking hold music on like American Airlines, like the. Oh yeah! Oh, for sure. Um, You'll know what I'm talking about. It also is apparently like that little like metronome beepy thing is almost the exact same note or frequency as the iPhone text message chime because I was listening to it today and you guys were texting me and I didn't notice that I had 
any notifications because it just like blended in with this song. Whoa. (laughs) Weird trivia. That's cool. I know, right? Yeah. I love that. This song to me feels like it, if it was sung by like, like if this was a wham song, all right, it would be the perfect opening scene music for like a rom-com. Yeah. Okay. Because it's like happy skippy go lucky, you know? But because it's wrote, sung by John Foreman and it's got this like amazing musicianship, it doesn't feel like that. But if the same song were were done by like another band, well, this would never like, be a Wham song. But yeah, I know that's a discussion <laughs> for another day. I was just like, what about this makes it not kind of like cheesy, hokey, happy go lucky? What makes it like what grounds it? And it's like them. Yeah, as a band. I, I think it's 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 his voice and his and yes. his lyricism because I wrote like it started with the super poppy drums. Um oh they add the like melodica yeah. in there. Is or which is feels it a very like, isn't it accordion? Is it I thought, it was I thought accordion. accordion. I, I thought accordion okay. too. But damn it, I wrote accordion in my notes and I was like, no, that can't be an accordion. <laughs> no, I know I you, you think that it's not so it, yeah yeah, I wrote it's the 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 best legitimate use of accordion maybe I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, I do like how they kind of like add instruments at yeah, like each it part. Definitely like it just like kind layers. of builds and builds. But then you got that weird like like thing. I wrote it feels like skating rink music. And I was a I was a little bored with this song. Yeah, which sucks because it is really catchy. This is one of those, I can't remember what episode we did. There was one of the songs where I kind of talked shit about it. And then after the fact, uh, it was the one song that kept getting stuck, stuck in my in head. head. And that was this song on the on this record. Like, I didn't, I don't love this song, but it's got some kind of catchy earworm quality that it just got hooked into my brain. No, I really like this song. This is one of my favorites from the record. Really? So, yeah. I think I wrote, this song feels like a sunny summer day. Yeah. And you got Tim doing some really cool bass stuff in the chorus yes. that I think pairs really well with like the arpeggiated guitar lines mm-hmm. in there. Um, and then there's a lot of like cool borrowed chords making it a little bit more colorful and interesting. Like it's always changing. They're always adding more production stuff to it. And then I do love the little stripped down chorus they go to at 325, which is a weird choice, but I like it because yeah. it's they could have just kept it. going with it. But it like reminds me of there's a Beck song. there's a Beck song called Deadweight, which was produced by the yeah. Dust Brothers. On oh, Kylan, segue there, but it reminds nice. me of that. That's so, so weird that the Dust Brothers were brought up twice. twice. Like in the same episode, unrelated. Like, fucking yeah. talks about the. Dust I know. Like, when you mentioned ever. it, I was like, oh, "Wow, what are the odds?" Like, it's great. It's kismet. Yeah. So Man. I, those are all reasons I really like this song. It's yeah. just so funny because, like, it is such like a poppy summary. Like, that's just a great description. Like the summary, like carefree, but like he has some really freaking emo lyrics. Like he starts off talking about how he wants to blow into pieces. Like, like right. are you are you good? Are you okay? <laughs> Yeah. Are you okay, John? Yeah, I really, I resonated with this one lyrically because, like, I kind of get what he's saying. Like, a lot of times life can feel really mundane and really, like, ho-hum, and, you know, he's looking for a little more. so then I wonder if some of that instrumentation was maybe, like, a little intentional. Oh, yeah, to, like, lift. Like, it it feels like a lot of, like, and it feels like a lot of 
cliches almost from music like a couple years before. And like you think of rom-coms and you think of bright and sunny Mm -hmm. and sort of like juxtaposed with Mm -hmm. the lyrics of this song. Yeah, I I think that is interesting. I think so. Um, I think I, I realized part of why this song didn't do it for me was this is when it first became really noticeable after Meant to Live, uh, the Production Lord Algy Brothers, mixing-wise, this felt like a totally different type of mix. Hmm. And when I, you know, it felt a little bit like a bait and switch, kind of. Because it's a little, of, like, like, it's... Less... Of the kind of record that it is, yeah. Right, because it's a little more pop and a little less, like, gritty and yeah big a little less like wall of sound punchy in the face yeah right yeah you're right i think uh i stand by how i felt about it as a teenager that i liked that about it i liked that it was different uh but but you're right it is very different it was a departure mix wise yeah. and like song even the songwriting like because it does feel very like happy peppy it got two thumbs from teach Big fan. Oh, oh two dang. thumbs still. All right. Awesome. Yeah, we're at six thumbs. Agree. All right, let's Thanks, move Josh. on to track number four, Ammunition. This one, I felt like would have been a good track, too, after. Yes, that's what I wrote. That's exactly oh, what I wrote. Um, although I think the intro is way too long. I like the like jazzy avant-garde like drum groovy thing. Like I really like yeah. that about it. I, I like know. that it's a little indulgent. I guess. Yeah. But you're Which, right. If that... it was track, if it was track two, it it wouldn't have been. The fact that it's track four, I think they like. You're like get to you know, it. It's kind of like you're right. Get uh, on with it. Um, that makes sense. I really like this song. I do too. It's so freaking. This one's angsty. definitely up there. It it's is definitely up there for me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like the ultimate call out song like very much and like that could have been done in like a um kind of an immature type of way like a junior fied way but i feel like it's like touching on so many deep topics about like the sin condition of man like from a christian perspective of like we are the issue we have one hope and one salvation but like we we are making a mess of everything, like calling out other believers. And um, I don't know. I think it's really interesting to see how it's almost a commentary on how we can do no other when that is our human condition um, until we have salvation. I Yeah, I like that you're digging into that, Bethany. It's really interesting, uh, not to step on any toes, but for, for a person who comes at this lyrical material from a little bit different perspective i still really like this song because i think it is a little bit of a commentary on some of the maybe more problematic components of modern religion yeah um or like certain religious organizations yeah i'll just keep it i'll just keep it there but like but I still, I love what he's saying. He's like, he's trying to be a little critical. He's trying to be a little, and even self-reflective too. Like, right. it's weird. It's never your, it's always weird, weird, weird. He's he's considering himself a part of the the challenge or the problem. Or Yeah. No, I think you actually verbalized that better than I was trying to, because I very much think he's calling out other Christians. Like a lot of the 
more um, like people who, you know, I think of like prosperity preachers and like people who are like preying on other people who are more vulnerable and more desperate and they're profiting off of that. And like, yeah, that's messy. That is making a mess of something that was supposed to be um, love and was supposed to be um, safe and freeing. So I very much think it's a commentary on those problems. Yeah. Which I, you know, good for him for like, throwing his hat in the ring and being like, all right, I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to say some contentious stuff on a song that probably is going to get played in a lot of churches and a lot of settings where if people are listening, they might not like what they hear if they're really paying attention to it. Yeah. Well, I think he does a really good job about his uh, making his lyrics, like maybe not purposefully vague, but like really good to ride that balance to where it's like, Christian people, like, you can tune into what he's saying, um, but it's not, like, overt, over the top. And then, mm-hmm. like, anyone that was, like, like non-Christian people that were listening to this, like, didn't feel like they were getting beat over the well, head yeah, with that's it. that's probably part of why they hit so big. Yeah. Like, mainstream wise. Very much so. Was, yeah. They towed the line he's su- perfectly. he's such a good lyricist. Yep. You could kind of interpret a lot of these things and a myriad of ways oh yeah it was definitely not accidental that like i don't know of any of their songs where they'll explicitly say jesus or they'll say like god like so many of their songs can be interpreted as commentaries on the world or commentaries like in a romantic sense you know like you can you can take it from your perspective and make it mean something that means something to you and i think that was really smart Yes. Yeah, but if you do read the Bible, then you can pick up on like certain phrases he's like, okay, I know that you got that from this passage or something like that. 100%. So it's a great way to blend it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of like I said earlier, it's like the universal and the personal. Like he's like melding the two perfectly mm-hmm. depending on like you can read it how you want depending on where you're coming from as a listener. Yeah. I Is that like- why... You're vibing on it so hard, TJ. I just see you it over is. there bopping your head while we're I, listening dude, to this. Yeah, I'm enjoying this so you're much. You're like, you're totally jamming on this. I'm in it. This is like well, the I'm, antithesis of the Mercy Me episode. Like, yeah, I, I know. Like, this this feels like a good antidote for you. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm I'm coming back, baby. Like bring yeah. it back. Um, I just have a music production kind of note. Let's hear it. Um, Lay it on me. One or two things. The snare roll in that bridge is so good. It's so good. Yes. It's one of my favorite moments on the entire album. Dang. Um, The only thing that I don't like is then the hit into that chorus doesn't feel as big as it could be. Mm. Like it, it, it feels like that snare roll kind of goes nowhere. Like I feel like that should hit a lot bigger. So here's right? here's how it works for me. The snare is like carrying the energy. It's like you know mm-hmm. how you get in those like groups and like if you're holding the ball, you're the one that's talking. Your talking stick. <laughs> yeah, the talking stick, whatever it is. The talking stick. So like all those snare, groups that were a part of regularly. He like passes uh, the baton. Bible studies. You never had the talking stick in Bible study? Sunday no. school? No? No. Well, that's why you didn't learn anything in Sunday school, Kylan. Well, you there's a lot of reasons why I didn't learn anything in Sunday school. <laughs> no, but listen, the snare's holding the talking stick, right? Okay. Right, right. And then the snare's like, all right, I'm doing my thing. 
I'm building the tension. I'm creating some energy. And then I'm passing the talking stick to John Foreman, who's going to yell. Mm-hmm. And like, I did. Okay. But I did like that off his, vocally. his like, his like yelly, screamy Where vocals, especially at the end. You? We're really good. No, listen, like, I wrote amazing. Really, really I wrote good. like, was this the beginning of my love for metalcore? Like, <laughs> because like, <laughs> right. what came before this that I was exposed to that really married any sort of like harsh vocal with Aggression. like a clean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like this was before like, um, what under oath? They're only chasing safety. Yeah, that was the um, right, like yeah. this was before that even came out. You know, like right. I don't know. I just feel like he was my introduction into metalcore, and God bless. Mm-hmm. Him yeah, for no, that. His, his vocals on this were some yes. of my favorites. And TJ, I get the, I get your the talking stick, talking stick, baton, whatever <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> you but don't I like just it. Feel like it just could have hit just a little, like literally, just like. Some kind of like maybe if it was like, mixed by Chris Lord Algae, it would have been a little harder. Yes, <laughs> there it like is. It, it. Well, yeah, like it just needed like crashes or something for Psh. for when that came in. Like, because that that snare roll is just so good, it's so tight, and then it just kind of like okay, back to the chorus, but he yells a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, I thought it worked, I, I loved it. Worked. it. <laughs> But okay. hey, I love how I it's like one the- of your favorite moments on the record, yet you're still like, but yeah. it could have no, been yeah. better. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing. The, the snare roll itself is one of my favorites. And then I'm just it's so disappointed with how that chorus doesn't really it. hit. Was it? Wait, it just, Kylan, were you beautifully let down? I was beautifully oh. let down oh. by that chorus hit. I just Maybe wanted that was it on to purpose. be like... I don't know, just even just add a fucking like 808 in there on just that hit. Just something. Like it just needed just a little bit of something for when it came out of the bridge into that like incredible end chorus. Chorus, yeah. I don't know. It just, it felt, I don't know. I was just, but it went by so fast. I know most people don't care, but that was the only note I had for this song. You should tweet at John Foreman and be like, what the hell, man? Well, that'd be Chad Butler. Well, John Foreman. Yeah, well, yeah sure. I would talk to John yeah. Foreman about it. No, he, he got he's... to do his thing. He got to do his thing, <laughs> which is great, and I'm I'm happy for him. I'm glad he got to do his like yelly thing. I'm talking about the mix on the rest of the band. Bethany's so done right now. She's like, oh, no, like, shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> Let's no. move on to track number five. I'm used Dare to Kylan being move. wrong. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That was really good. (laughs) That was my favorite moment of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that Lord Algae mix coming in again. Yeah. It's so good. This is just... it. But it just feels so different. Yeah, It feels so different from what came before. And it... In my opinion, it makes the rest of the record kind of fall flat. A little bit. Yeah. yeah because mm-hmm. like if if they had so they have on Spotify the the deluxe edition, uh-huh. uh, where they have an alternate version of, of Dare You to Move, which is mixed more like how the rest of the record is. Well, I didn't know until I was like looking back, this was actually on the previous album. Yep. That came out before. This was Beautiful a Letdown. Oh, wow. I didn't know that until 
prepping for this. Had you listened? Have you listened to that version? No, I was like, I bet it's going to be different, and I'm not ready to be disappointed at that capacity. It's definitely not as good. Like re-recording, it was a good call on the read. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was reading. I was reading an interview with John Foreman where he was talking about. And this was interesting because we kind of talked, you all talked about this in the Chariot episode of kind of like revisiting old songs and then giving them like a second life again. And he was talking about like when they signed with Columbia that a, a lot of people hadn't heard that song and they felt like there, there was still a shelf life on that song. And then playing it live even, they'd figured out ways of how they wanted to hear it on a record. So they all like agreed that that was, he's like, I, there's a lot of songs I would like to do that too, but that was one that the band mm-hmm. agreed that everyone agreed that they should revisit and re-record. That was such a good um, call. And, and weren't they yeah. a three-piece yeah. before this? Didn't you say that they had just become a four-piece? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was a really good call on their part. Yeah, yeah it makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. Yeah, the Learning to Breathe version is definitely not as crisp and clean and full. So it was a good call. Yeah, this, this song is just, is so just like, I 100% cried listening back to it. No shame. Like, it's just so good. Like, they're just, the examination of, like, this dichotomy, like, when he's talking about, like, between who you are and who you could be and between how it is and how it should be, like, mm. there's just, like, this present reality and what we wish to be reality. And, like, yes. I think it should feel very, like, overwhelming and impassable of, like, how do we see those two things collide? But, like, this song is very much like a double dog dare. Like, it's you're feeling hopeful. You're feeling like I'm going to see these two things one day come together if I mm. am dared to move. Like, I don't know. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's this blend of, like, m- melancholy and optimism. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of encapsulates a lot of this album. And I think if I'm just getting pop psychology for a second, I think John Foreman is an Enneagram 4 and as an Enneagram 4, I think that's why I lock in with this album so much. Is like he's getting philosophical. He's like pointing out the problems with the world around him and in himself. But he's also like hopeful about it. And he mm. sees the promise of like a brighter future. But he's not like hokey. I don't know. Like he always mm. really toes the line so well. Well, I've heard yeah. about him talk about that kind of thing in like that approach in his songwriting even where he, I think he calls it like having like like two people as you approach songwriting, having like a wonder mm. that's like finding wonder and awe and everything, but also having like a cynic that's like, can you need mm. both? Because you need, otherwise, if you just had the wonder, you would just like, whatever you wrote would be the first thing that you put out. You need the cynic to be there like, that's not good enough, we need to do that. But he's like, but there's the balance, the obviously, balance. of yeah. you can't give the wonder too much or the cynic too much. And so, because he even, that's his songwriting approach so i'm sure mm, even his like that. lyrical approach as well yeah that's Josh, that is great that. thank you for thank you for sharing that, that i hadn't awesome. thought about that in a long time but it just came to me also switchfoot can write a bridge yeah can i yes, just say they that? can i love all the bridges and i love that they always do something interesting yes. with the bridges like Every on time. this song like they do the like acoustic breakdown and where I feel like most other songs would go right back into that big chorus, yes. they do the acoustic breakdown into like a sort of like Acoust- tinny yeah. guitar, like that, like like where he does that that sort of like a double stop, like like walk down, like mm-hmm. that, like oh, it's so yeah. good. Uh, it is really good. 
Uh, Tej gave it one and a half thumbs. What? And now, really? And now I'm Wait, wondering every- why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm perplexed. You've been all, you've been Me two too. thumbs across the board I until know. dare you to move. I think I had a moment of Kylanism where I was like, "This song's too long." Ooh, really? I don't feel that way right now. So, like, I'm very fickle. Do you, apparently, do you need to because <laughs> right now I'm like two thumbs. But oh, but when it's I was almost to this like before, you're a human being who is allowed to like fluctuate. Have changing opinions yeah and T- you know it was almost nope. like this song came to me just now and was like tj i dare you to move your thumb a little bit higher so that it gets a full two thumbs up i don't get it so i'm gonna give it two thumbs there you go there you go did you give us your thumbs on ammunition yeah i got two thumbs okay I missed yeah it. so you're two we're, thumbs across, we're across the, board. the board so, so the far, first man. five songs okay <laughs> song all right start. for the first half of the record essentially okay cool no spoilers Uh, yeah i think we know where you fall all right track number six redemption this was my sweet sweet bass song i knew it i called Uh, it yeah you did call it I didn't want to say that uh, this is my guess as well. This Bethany, intro was so good. I also wrote this, this This should have been track two. I would have been done with this as track two. Yeah, I can see that. This reminds me of someone and I can't figure it out. It's almost a little bit of like like Futures era Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. It's got that kind of like, like everything's kind of groovy but upbeat. Like, mm-hmm. hmm. Um, yeah, but this song totally had some sweet, sweet bass. That 100%. bass shone through in this song. I have one, two, three, four, five comments about that bass line. It's so good. Yeah. And then also on his uh, We Don't Come Alive, that live uh-huh. is a really interesting vocal choice. Yes. Such that a good is run. Not it's not expected. It almost like the song goes into like a minor key for a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. that was such a weird, interesting choice. Yes. And and that's what kind of put the song like over the top for me. Yes. Of yeah. Being one of my favorites, dude. So we've talked a lot about uh, John as a lyricist and kind of a philosopher. I think also it really behooves us to talk about how great a vocalist he is. Yes. And here I will, is a great I will talk about that all day. Opportunity. <laughs> yes. Like he, the choices he makes his and melody his choices as a, as a vocalist mm-hmm. are like so interesting. Phenomenal. Like phenomenal. He can keep you hooked. Like even if you're not listening to the lyrics, yep. like I am vocally, <laughs> he, he can hook you the way that like a good guitar line or a good bass line or a good snare roll can mm-hmm. like hook you. He just, <laughs> he keeps you along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, which is why I just, yeah, I freaking yeah, love this song. Yeah. Like all his he runs, does, every, his improvisational every, runs. Like yes. where does he get this stuff? It's so incredible. He does incredible. everything that, that I would never do in the studio yeah. or would never expect, which is like, it just keeps me going throughout this whole song. Yeah. He feels really liberated, like just unhinged, but in the right way. Like he has honed his creative energy perfectly. And I just want that. It's interesting "Ah." too, because like he doesn't have the biggest range, like, but the range he has, like 
he puts so much character into and like accents vocally into what he's doing that like it's not it doesn't feel one note like it still feels like he he gives so much dynamic yeah people that have like three times the range he has do less with it than what he does with the the range he has we love Mm -hmm. you john god bless you (laughs) <laughs> oh, is that is that John Foreman in the chat? No, oh my god! So would you go there? <laughs> we'll be here for another three hours. No, no. Uh, yeah, we got anything else to say about Redemption? No, nah, it's good. Two thumbs, sweet. Two thumbs. <laughs> you're still two. Th- We're at literally 12. one half of the record. Okay, so ostensibly, the last half of the album could get. Zero could, thumbs and would still skate. this would still be a bop for you. Yeah. At this yeah. point, we're over All the right. line. So so we're like you don't country. even need to talk anymore. <laughs> I'm done. Like, I, like yeah, we get it. Thought we were in Footloose County, but <laughs> so <laughs> lost. I had because I kind of like went back to this record after because I didn't listen to it when it came out. So I didn't like follow Switchfoot. Oh right, because you were get... like a anti Switchfoot yeah. hipster. Yeah, yeah. So right? I like whenever I started like hearing more Switchfoot stuff, I was <laughs> admittedly um <laughs> it was already after uh they were a five piece and drew shirley had been in the band so like listening back to this record i feel like i could notice his absence a little bit more because there wasn't oh, as much like i do think there's a lot of cool guitar stuff going on but not as much as normally happens on a Switchfoot record so i i kind of noticed that but i thought tim did a really good job of using that space to play around on the bass a lot more and add some really cool parts. So, and then there also maybe a it, lot was, of it was Jerome's first bass. Yeah. first record with them. So maybe he wasn't like trying to show out as much on guitar as well. Maybe not try to like, this is my band now. Yeah. yeah. So going backwards through their discography, I feel like I noticed a little bit of less guitar there, but not like, uh, not that I just like bear in the guitar mm-hmm. department. I love that you bring that up because I think, I think it's a great, example of how when you get into a band colors your view on that band because for me oh, for sure. this is chorus witchfoot this it, it, this, this is, is the definition is the, of their sound agreed. right yeah so like but so this, this i love like, to hear when from i think you. of switchfoot this is what i think of yes so i love to hear from you josh that like when you entered fandom of switchfoot being later your perspective your reference point was a little bit different a little more guitar work like, yeah, that's super And so listening back to this sounds like more sparse or, you know, less intentional or whatever it is. But like, for me, this is like the epitome of, of like Switchfoot guitar sound. And not that they didn't do amazing things on their other records, because obviously they did. And now looking back, it's like more of their discography has that kind of sound that you're talking about. But it's like, I never would have thought about that. I never would have thought. No, yeah, like, it's cool perspective. Yeah. Let's move on. Track number seven, The Beautiful Letdown. I could listen to this intro on repeat. Oh, yeah. It's so freaking yeah. groovy. I, that's what I wrote. I wrote super groovy. Yep. Oh, and so then you get some bass chords in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. Sweet like bass, man. On the bass. I feel like as as a teenager, like I did not appreciate the bass partially because like the quality of the 
sound machines we had in that day. Headphones. Yeah, our disc, our Walkmans, our Discmans, like our little boom boxes, like it did not do the bass lines justice. And like I'm married to a bassist now, so the the bass on this record stuck out so heavy mm-hmm. to me, like. I was like, I felt apologetic. Like, I am so sorry. I've never appreciated this to the degree. Yes, this, this might be deserves. my overall favorite, like the sweetest bass overall yeah. of all the records we've covered thus far. Dang. Oh, it's the sweetest so good, of all bass. Wow. The sweetest bass so. in all the land. Wait. The sweetest so bass in all the But land. I thought you said Redemption was the best sweet bass. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the this the record, record in general, general. Oh, compared wow, okay. to other records that we've covered i see yeah no redemption has the best bass on this record got it this record has the best bass of all the records we've covered. this is exhausting i don't want to talk about this anymore (laughs) um i really loved that this was like this was a great kind of like mid-tempo song and i think the record could have maybe used another one to kind of like do transitions well between yep. some of your higher tempo stuff and some of your lower tempo stuff like on fire and 24 that we'll get to later. So I think having a little bit more like this and th- this just song is a really great dynamic song mm-hmm. of how it ebbs and flows and goes up and down. Yeah, for sure. And yep. when those whiny guitars come in on the second verse, I'm like, yeah, I was just going to say they're like carrying a lot of that, like yeah. the dynamic change. Those guitars and so TJ much. are you guys are just on the exact we same are. wavelength for this record. <laughs> I'm here you for guys it. are both just yes. like right there in the pocket for this record. Like yep. you guys are picking up on all the same things. I love it. I love it. It's Bethany, you want to come back for like every Did single Did you guys episode? compare notes before this? <laughs> we may have. No. <laughs> no. Um Dude, I'll I will say uh hey, this is the only vocal note or lyrical note that I have on the record. Uh, when he's saying, we are a beautiful letdown, painfully uncool, the church of the dropouts, the losers, losers the sinners, and the fools, fools is great. That's so good. Incredible. It's one of those I'm, lines that like shouldn't be as great as it is. Right. But it works but so it, well. It, it's like, like what we were talking about before of taking these really big ideas and distilling them down into like lyrics, exactly. into very simple lyrics, but expressing so much more than they're actually saying uh, is super cool. And even the delivery, I feel like a lot of it too is his delivery. He he makes it work vocally in a way that doesn't feel too trite or like silly. Yes, I, I, I think that for that line, a lot of his delivery on this song though, I don't love. The sort of like offbeat kind of thing where it feels almost a little more like spoken word kind of thing Mm -hmm. oh yeah to me makes the song feel like a little unfinished like it was a little bit kind of ad-libbed in the studio Well, it's interesting Uh, because it's very like next we're gonna go over gone and like he very much does a lot of that in gone so it is interesting that they did that back to back i think they do it better on gone but yeah i can definitely i agree yeah it's just like There are moments where like it kind of like the offbeat sort of like talky kind of thing that he does dips out of like like whereas in Gone, it feels super intentional. And Mm. I I guarantee it's intentional in this song. But as just like a listener, it dips out. It barely dips out of that. Like, 
I'm a vocalist that's in control of like mm. how I want to say this and mm. like what I want to say into like, oh, the track is playing. I have to fit in all these words. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, and in line with that point, I will say of all his ad libs, they're probably my least favorite on yeah. like at the end of this song. Like they, I, yeah, I think you said it well that it's like on the verge of losing control of like mm-hmm. feeling in the pocket vocally. Yeah. Because as, as like a vocalist, I've, I've definitely done that where we're like playing and then it's like, Oh yeah, I have, I have to all of here. these words <laughs> that I have to fit in, but I missed like I missed my cue to like start. So, now so you I just have to fit in up. all of these syllables. This is my problem. Here, which... I write really wordy lyrics and I'm notoriously offbeat. Josh can attest <laughs> to it. Like I I cannot throw a stone here. I, is... I identify one hundred percent. And that's why I think I offer him a lot of grace, maybe as a listener, and don't cue in on those things as negatives i'm like i'm like man he's he's doing his best he's like he's figuring well, it out i mean that that's my thing though like like bethany was talking about they do something similar in the next song gone yeah. but it's more effective so it's just more noticeable to me here and also like why are we giving him the benefit of the doubt he's releasing an album on a major label like like one of the biggest albums of the year like i don't know he should be know. critiqued pretty harshly yeah, but I yes. feel like for 2003, <laughs> for 2003, like, and the angsty vibe, like, I just think it worked at the time. Like, yeah, listening back it did. now, yeah, true. like, it's easier to be like, ooh, that's a little cringe in moments. But, like, it was very much with the time. Yeah. Yeah. He was I leaning agree. into the angsty feels. Mm-hmm. But I, I did want to say, Kellen, I also really love that line. The Church of the Dropouts, the Losers, the Sinners. That's the like the best the line. That's like that's so not, good. Right there's away. no way that's the best line. I think the best line. Well, when he for says, me, for me personally. Okay, fair, 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 fair. But when he <laughs> I'm says. I'm allowed. I'm entitled to my opinion. Yes, 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 yes. I would never question on, that. On the podcast that I helped <laughs> that you found. Run. I'm allowed. I'm in, you know what? But I get it. I'm allowed. So anyways, thanks no, for having me. I really appreciate yep, you're it. You're done. You're out of here. <laughs> Welcome to Church Soapbox now. Oh, God. I'm done with the soapbox. <laughs> Bethany, what was <laughs> your favorite lyric? Yeah, I think yeah. When, he, when he says, we're still chasing our tails in the rising sun and our dark Ooh. water planet's still spinning in a race where no one wins and no one's won. Oh. That's a lot to digest. Like, yeah. I just think I that's so I just so think well like written. puppies and Jupiter. That's the worst line I've ever heard. Puppies okay. and Jupiter? How could that be bad if it was puppies? Like, what is there to hate about space and little animals? Are you a cruel person? Yes, yes. Bethany. You're bringing this out of me. You are everything right now. Like, But you. apparently, you're just used to me being wrong, so I'm going to lean into it. Love it. Oh, gosh. If listeners can't tell... Uh, we have all known each other for a very long time. <laughs> Through our most because... cringe of stages. <laughs> well, right before we recorded this, we recorded an episode that will come out with someone that none of us have ever met before. And we were, I feel like, much more polite. deferential. <laughs> yeah, yes, polite. But, you know, you started it. You started it. I'm okay with that. I'll take it. You came on here and you started a fight. (laughs) I can handle it. Listen. Okay. Friggin' Puppies and Jupiter. Hey. Let's move on to track number eight. This song got two thumbs up for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, TJ, just give up the It's no, no, gonna no, wait, come crashing down it. soon. Wait I believe it. it. Just wait. Wait for it. <laughs> on fire is when it's that's my guess. Oh, on fire, I just turned the album off. So uh, let's do track number eight. Gone. <laughs> Um, this is my favorite song on the record. There's no way. Really? I love it. What do you mean there's no way? Really? I'm on Team Kylan now. This is Christian Third Eye Blind. Oh, that's That's probably why I like it so much. Yes. No, this 100% is a Third Eye Blind song. Succinct. Wow, that's like. I wrote oh, wow. the, their SoCal is showing through. We talked about this a little bit yes. earlier in the record, but like I want to listen to this song while I'm on like a beach cruiser. Wax your board, brah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but lyrically and vocally, like, yes, this is a Third Eye Blind song. A hundred percent. I never saw that until you said it, and I was like, no. holy cow. I can't yes, believe that. Yes, yeah. but the thing is, we talked about in the first part, how like I brought up how I remembered the second half of this album really being strong. And I realized when I was listening to it, oh no, it was just this song. I just remember that this song was later down in the album and I really liked this song. Literally yeah. same. Which I think is a big deal for you, Kylan, because a lot of times when we go through albums, you get so bored. Like it, it blows my mind how bored you get. Like I'm like okay, but you, you turn this album on, like because it's like, well established. I was diagnosed with ADD <laughs> when I was 19. Fair, like fair. since you've known me, that's fair. Like why is that a surprise? But like it's like it's it feels this is the part that feels masochistic to me for you because I'm like I'm here for it. It's it's song eight. I'm like all right, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna like hang with it. It's gonna be good, and you and you're ready to turn it off. But like that's why yeah. I say this is huge. That this is your favorite track on the record, and yes, it's what I know. Eight? It's, track eight. I know it's so That's far amazing. down the record. I, I love know. that. This, this is a well, moment it's because it's it's like it's a third eye blind song. <laughs> well, and you saying that because I wrote this is like the perfect mix of like a rock song being poppy without being too poppy and staying rock, which is like yes. the third eye blind formula. Yes. So yes. maybe just every song in the back half needs to gone, Kylan, for you to get through the rest of the record to to hold up the rest of the side B. I think you're right. But this song goes through like so many changes. Uh, lyrically, this is like the most fun for me. It's the most like pop culture reference. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the most so pop many. culture references. No, if they had to pay royalties uh, for their name drops, like <gasps> they could not have afforded this song. For sure. <laughs> uh, my favorite line is like, like Al Pacino's cash. Yeah, so it's good. It's gone. Like that's yeah. so And good. then later he name drops Bono. Bono. I know. Oh, yeah. That, that's hey, Bonnie, bold. I'm glad you asked. Do you know what he's referring to for that? I do, but I want you to bring it up. I oh, okay. <laughs> I did totally. research on a song, you did research but on I want this? you to do okay, it. Okay, cool. Uh, he's referring to um, on the live version of Bolt of Blue Sky on Rattle and Rattle Home. Home yeah. yeah. Bono says, has a line that he, it's not on the album version, but he says it in that live version. Um, and I could be persuaded to do a Bono impression Please do. Please. Please do. Please do. How can we, we persuade you? It. What can we do? I will be. I will be your biggest Patreon advocate that you've ever yes. seen. I've been like. I've I been will like, be the Patreon bot. Like I. 
I want an episode with Bethany as Patreon boss. Okay, what if I go? I'll happily take a break. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've been, I don't know. I've been wanting to, like, I want to do this, but I'm like, I think I'm going to go, like, super Irish with it. Like, way more Irish than Bono is whenever he's, like, singing or something like that. This is going to be terrible. (laughs) All right. But in the song, in the live version, he says, Now I can't tell the difference between ABC News, Hill Street Blues, and a preacher on the old time gospel hour stealing money from the sick and the old well the god i believe in isn't short of cash mister wow yes hopefully that 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 pays off i love that that was so good and the webby ago the webby award goes to beautiful producer josh for his to accept it in character as bono i'm method only when it comes to these kind of things you are smart yeah 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 the only way to so, go, man. That's cool. why you make Good the job, big I'm glad that I wasn't alone in that Bono reference. Well, no, I had to like. There's like a Bono reference. There, all yes. the pop culture things, like the way that my brain works. Like, of course, I had to like you know, and then find out like Al Pacino got paid. He was the highest paid actor on Godfather Three, and he was like one of the highest paid actors at the time. So the whole thing of like, just like Al Pacino's cash, it's all gone. Like you know, there's. A lot of pop culture things. Worlds collide. Like, I thought that was a Scarface like, reference. Oh, Scarface. Scarface. That's what I meant. Yeah. Well, it was just um, from everything I could find was between Godfather 3 and Scarface. He was just like one of the highest paid actors um, at the time. And so the fact that like just like all his cash is all just like going to be gone. It's I don't know. Mean it's nothing just... one day. My favorite lyrics are on this song too, where he says, life is more than hundred dollar bills and Roto Tom fills. <laughs> Roto Tom fills. <laughs> is life more than so, Roto Tom fills though? I don't know. Well, <laughs> okay. Good Tom fills are pretty high up there. So before there. any of you guys ever played in my band, I had a drummer so like imagine I like, like you guys have all played with me for like a long time and you know I do mostly like indie folk singer songwriter kind of thing. I was still doing that like in high school, maybe a little more sort of like emo bent, but still very acoustic led. But the drummer that I had in high school had like the goddamn like dream theater Neil oh, Peart no. kit. And there's a song I, I might link to it in this Please called do. um from our album, The Black and White Affair, You've we shown had me a this, song Kellen. It's called Unreal. Here's to plain speaking and clear understanding. But he did so many, so many like drum riffs in this song. That's like, I was trying to be like Anne Berlin with this song. Like if you listen to this, like I'm just trying to be like emo rock. And he does Roto Tom fills like oh. every chance he gets. That makes me think of like that video. I'm sure we've all seen like the worship fails and like a church where yes. they're doing oceans and the guy is a freaking, he's got a double pedal and he's like yes. just mashing on it. And it's yeah, like, he thinks he's like playing in rush, like yes, right 100%. that second. Yeah. My question though is was it hard to keep your fedora on when you were trying to headbang? Oh, <laughs> or, just wondering. Got him. Uh, yeah, it was. That's why I taped it to my head. <laughs> Bethany, would you like to join our podcast full time? Please. <laughs> Please. I want fine. I quit. Episode. You guys no, can do it with Bethany. I got too much. You can't quit. 
Just give me back. You're the whole thing, uh. man. Without you, we don't have people to good-naturedly give crap to. Like, nobody else can take it. You're, you're our fearless captain leader. I'm the Roto Tom to you guys is gone. <laughs> Let's move on to track number nine, On Fire. I wrote, I wish I was on fire. <laughs> I do not like this song at all. So <laughs> here's the moment you were waiting for, TJ. Here's the moment that you, wait, 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 you wait. talked about. Did, did TJ give Gone two thumbs up? I must know. I did. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought so. <laughs> Was there any question? Uh, this song blows. <laughs> I remember, guys, okay, Lydia, if you're listening, this is not... A dig on you, but we love you, Lydia. My sister led well, this. Do we? Does she wear a fedora? No, she's much know. better. She's much better. But <laughs> oh. damn! Wow. No, she actually Ooh. led this song at youth group. Like mm. it was, and it was a, it was a bop. Like we were into it. And now I'm like, this is cringe. Like beyond cringe. How song How long sucks. after this song came out did she do this? Well, I was probably almost graduated, so it was probably five years or so. Okay, five or six years. It had but been a still, while. Like, but you know that eighty nine seven Power FM did not have that much material. Okay, so she was, was working say, with what she had. It's a deep cut on an album from five years before. It's not like the hip, cool thing to do. Like I, I kind of give her street cred for like picking something like. Oh that. yeah, no, at the time, like it was. Oh, cool, but cool you're going to let her just, like, insult me? <laughs> Kylie, I'm you're fired. That, you're on thin ice, buddy. I'm creating <laughs> that fedora riff was here. too good, man. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, she's Kylan, throwing the pot. I really love Don't you. Don't let her okay. divide so us, buddy. But Lydia covers a song that's the worst song on this album that <laughs> makes me want to burn my eardrums out, and and you're just like, oh, that's great. That's the best idea anyone's ever had. I'm I'm Look, okay. I don't know. Jewish Lydia. ants about to come out, so we gotta we gotta wrap this up, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm done. There's no more. There's no more need for it. We're done. We're done. You're on fire. I'm She's on fire. Here. We're all on fire. We love Jesus. Get the fuck on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh. No, oh I mean gosh. you'll be pleased to know I gave this half a thumb. Am okay. I? Am right. I pleased so, by is that? Is this the first? I don't know. I have zero on two star you, you've, you've completely, <laughs> you've completely disrupted the the thumb rating system. Much like you guys have corrupted my sweet sweet base. This episode, this is a wash. We're not no, releasing this, guys, this sweet, because sweet I base. have a certain product and brand that I need to uphold within this podcast and you guys have just burned that to the ground it might as well be on fire I'm done the other one and a half thumbs got burned <laughs> all I've got I've got a nub oh god for this song oh, man. the one the one positive thing I wrote down to say about this song is that I would formally like to thank John Foreman for having a song called on fire where he never once Rhymes it with desire. Oh, oh, that's good so for him. True. Thank goodness. That's cool. If you would have done the that, lowest bar. Been, yes. <laughs> so, it's that I cannot abide. But he did not do that on this song. 
Yeah, I mean, does anyone have anything like? No, I did not like. This I just song. said like they had to write one worship song. Like, did they though? The, I think just like we talked about, you is know, even, Sanctus Real had a worship song. Mercy Me had the lyrics, all worship than... songs. I think Switchfoot figured like, all right, let's write like a a worship song. I mean. Bethany, your sister thought it was a worship song. So. Yeah, no, I very much like, but again, it still is very neutral. Like you could think like he's talking about a woman that, you know, like it could be a romantic kind of song sure. for most of the song. But like when everything inside me looks like everything I hate, you're the only hope I have for chance for change. You're the only chance Ooh. I'll take like that very well, much only is. hope reference too. Oh, I didn't think about that. They were hmm. like, go listen to our a walk to remember album nice <laughs> well let's move on to track number 10 yeah. adding to the noise i like this song it was cute it was very like innocuous pop punk I wrote Avril Lavigne. Mm. It does sound musically, a lot like Avril. Musically, yeah. like it's, it's that it's that kind of like there are like two kinds of pop punk to me. There's like the radio kind of pop punk, which is very Avril Lavigne, which seems to be making a comeback with like the Machine Willow. Gun Kelly and mm-hmm. that. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Like there's that, and this fits within that. Absolutely. Like I could see like a teeny bopper singing this song. I just think I just think his vocals don't match the style. Like I don't know. That might just be me personally, but No, I I, I, I kind of agree cuz like he's got such a distinct sound that when you hear this kind of like yeah, twee like pop like, punk well, sound. It's weird because like, it wait, feel like John like Forman this scene? song feels like the major label studio notes version of a song, which is like, makes sense probably why they like put it so far down in the record. Like, I wonder if like the label heard meant to live and we're like, Oh, we need more like radio play kind of stuff. And they're like, okay, I mean, we'll do this. But then they like kind of buried it pretty far down in the record. I don't know. Yeah. I do really like at the end of that verse where he says, I'm a nervous wreck. And then the snare joins him vocally. I'm a nervous wreck, but I'll bet that that TV set tells us what we wanted to hear. Like, I love little things like that where the the instruments kind of match the vocal rhythm or vice versa. Th- those are like treats for the ear for, for me, so... No, I wrote that down too because I loved that part and I loved, I wrote in all caps, perfect transition from that first chorus to the second verse. What I can't do they're it justice. Gonna think but, of next. Yeah, yeah, but it just flows so, so well. perfect. Like, like I heard it and I was like, oh, I had to listen to that again. So, and then having the nervous wreck part where it all stops and like hits at the same time, yeah. that whole second verse is great. So, and I love the little like, whatever, like the little synth. Beep or something like that, where yes. it's like boop, 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 boop. Oh, and yeah, the yeah, yeah. Verses that like help Sparkle that align with the melody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think this was, I really like this song. This is one of my favorites on there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about that too. Like, 
for how like cheesy bubblegum pop punk this was, uh, I thought John Foreman like really brought it vocally mm-hmm. and lyrically. Like I, I wrote, damn, John Foreman knows how to make a catchy rhyme. Like he made really interesting uh, melodic and vocal choices throughout this song. He really did. Which elevated it for me because it could be like a really boring yeah. song. It could I mean, be very forgettable. It it's almost very forgettable, but it almost is. But I think his, his vocals, like, well, and like Bethany was saying, they're like, they don't really fit. But for me, they like, they elevate it mm. enough, like beyond being forgettable. Yeah. And the reason that it, while sonically is maybe cute ultimately as a song is not for me is he's got that line uh none of these sound bites are coming in clear from the third world to the corporate ear i wrote that down like that might be my favorite line yeah yeah i just think that's like brave yeah the metaphor of like the consumerism being this symphony and it's just noise and yeah exactly well that kind of brings it back to like i i do feel like this was like a response to this is Christian Rage Against the Machine. Okay, that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's rad. They had just that's filed their taxes, well. and they were like, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> well, it feels like they were like being told what to do. Like, yeah. meant right. to live. Like, the label heads were like, this is great. This is going to sell millions. We need more radio-friendly stuff. And they're like, all right, well, fuck you. We'll do radio-friendly this stuff. This was Sarah like, Bareilles we're gonna before be... Sarah Bareilles. Y'all, y'all remember, like... How love song that super Not annoying. Write you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like that's what annoying. happened. She they like told her she had to have a love song on her album, and she was like, "Screw you!" And then love song was born. So maybe that was what Switchfoot did. That's great. That is really great. But it is funny the irony of that. This whole song is like a reaction to like we're all adding to the noise, and then this song ju- does kind of just add to the noise <laughs> a little bit. Well, Not my favorite. Unless you take it as like something that's, even though it is technically noise, it's like conceptually it's trying to push back on that. I don't know. Maybe this is me getting too philosophical and self-serious. And if so, that's fine. But I... Well, that's like the whole thing, right? That's like our whole thing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And (laughs) I just wanted to say like this was, this song created in me a spark that led me to write a song called Monk Song that is essentially a spiritual successor to this song. And I had no idea. This was all subconscious. Oh, cool. Like, I wrote this song, and it's, like, about being a first-world problem. And I realized, looking back, like, I kind of ripped off John Foreman on this song. Like, (laughs) but I kind of love it. Like, it, you know, it inspired an idea that I carried with me for years and years and years and then turned into a song and I can I can point very clearly back to this song and be like this is kind of the same idea. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. That's rad. So I, I like I like songs that that are a little contentious but in a fun way. Like you said, Colin, yeah. it's cute and it's fun, yeah. but it like but a little bit subversive. A little bit salty, yeah. Yeah. I like it because like I first listened to this album when I was like 13, so it's like uh baby's first fuck the establishment. Right. Like, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, I like you it. Should, it's like a good intro. In- book. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Uh let's move on to track number eleven. Twenty-four. Twenty-four oceans. Twenty-four skies. Twenty-four. 
This was a cool idea. There's too much 24. Too no, I mean, much, that was the bit. Like, 24. he leaned all I know, the way into it. and like, Too far. Too far. Probably. I will say some of the some of the redeeming qualities we get to see, I think a different side of his vocals, like a lot more breath in what he's doing. Like a lot, like there's just a softness to it. That's this does seem a lot closer to sort of his more like solo stuff. Yes. Like musically. Definitely. Definitely. I think this is, I have to imagine that this was like, John was probably already doing a lot of his writing his folksy stuff on the side. And this was like, they were they wanted to include some of what he is into this album. I don't know, that's just me imagining, but yeah, I think there's a lot of cool corally vocals with like echoey stuff, but and we get his falsetto mm. which is so nice, but beautiful. Other than that, it's it really is, kind of a sleeper if we're being yeah. honest. I I agree. I think if you can f- sort of like lock into his vocal performance, then the song can really redeem itself to you, but Otherwise, it is kind of, it's a little snoozy. It's really pretty. Like, it's a pretty song. It really is. Yeah, it does remind me more of his, like, his uh, Seasons EPs. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. I love those. Yeah. Um, I like it. I just didn't like where it was on the album. I think I this is the right place for it, though. I think this is it, the right it was, place. I'm not but, the biggest like, fan of the song, but I think this is the right place for it. Right. I'm. I'm just solely talking about... He's like the right place. Well, we for talk it was about like every single the CD, like like every every episode. How I just like I start to get really tired after like three quarters of the way through an album. It's just made me sleepy. But I do really like the song. Like if I just listen to it on its own, it's like really pretty, and I can really dig it. Right. By the time you get to the end of an album, you're not digging it as much. But yeah. Do y'all know if this like had anything to do with the I am second thing? I thought about that. I've, I wondered. Was this I before I am second? I was going to look thing? it up and I didn't because I felt like that was cheating. My, I, what do you mean it was cheating? What, we're not. You're not taking a test. <laughs> my assumption. <laughs> it's not like we're doing any research. <laughs> my assumption was that he's talking about the the men on the cross, you know, and he's like the second man. Like I thought he was talking about the the Fox show with Kiefer Sutherland. No, that's definitely it. You're right. Yeah, Kiefer. Or Sutherland he was doing his. He was doing a sequel to 23 by, uh, or 22 by Jimmy World. 23. Jimmy it's both. World. It's somehow both. Would knowing John Foreman. It, yeah. He's, right, he's, please, he's please. That came out the next us. year. That came out the next year. That was two thousand. So oh, I Am Second okay. was founded in 2008. So this has absolutely nothing to do with. Oh, uh, okay. I Am Second. Nope, just the Maybe hours they heard the this song though. And they were like. I wonder. We could, we could use that. I, I really Probably. think it's the dude on the cross. Cause it's all about like. Spirit, take me up in arms with you, raising the dead in me, like miracles more than a feeling. Like all the, all these lyrics are like all about kind of like that transition of like death to life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's the guy on the cross that like condemns Jesus or whatever. And then there's the no, other that's one that's good. like, I, I want to be that. with you in heaven. And Jesus is like, yeah, you will. I think that's what he's talking about. That's, I, really that's good, a total actually. guess. I hadn't but... picked up on that, but it makes perfect sense. I will no, I like say. That. I will say, I thought one thing was cool. So at one point, he says something about 24 voices and 24 hearts. And like he had just on the last song been talking about like noise pollution 
basically, and like adding to the mm-hmm. noise. And I'm like, okay, is he talking about like all the voices that we have, like influencing our thoughts and influencing our heads? Because then he says, I want to be one today, centered and true, and like learning mm-hmm. how to like drown out this noise pollution that we have from the world. I thought that and was interesting. Like ground yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's you really guys good. like thought about the way that you guys thought about this, like thematically and lyrically, this is like the perfect album. And I did not think of it this way. <laughs> <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. Like I really You're think the vibe guy, man. Most of the album has a really smart, um, like it follows thematically. But yeah, I definitely agree with you guys that like it bounces around quite a bit. Until the end where it kind of just stays on the ground a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good place for it to end. Yeah. Well, folks, we did it. We got through the beautiful letdown by Switchfoot. We've been beautifully let down. Mm -hmm. I'm not let down at all, man. I know you're not. We know how we know. Okay. Wait, are you sure? On fire. What was your 24 thumbs? So, yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, Does it adding get to the noise got two from me, and then twenty four got one point five. One point five, wow! Because I like wow. it a lot still. High okay, so high out of eleven, super. okay, so out of a possible twenty two thumbs, 21. it has what twenty point five? Twenty one. It's 20. got twenty. Yeah, twenty one. Oh, is it twenty one? Yeah, because the other one got point five, and then this one got one point five. Oh, yeah, okay. that's right. Oh, that. you're right. Well, yeah. okay. Wow, that is impressive. Well, I was gonna ask, what does everyone think? Is this a flop or a bop? So I went into this so confident that Total it was fl- going to be. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a twist. I was yeah. like very convinced this was going to be a bop. And while it still is a bop, like I was surprised at how many songs I was like, mm. like, meh, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. Hmm. But overall, Me too. More than yeah. fine. I remember listening to More this. <laughs> my first listen through was in the kitchen with my wife and Meant to Live came on and I was like, dude, this is going to be You're like back so up I'm awesome. about to swing. Like this is going to be the first church jams now where we're just like all bops all across the board. This whole album, I remember it being so good. And then like this is your life and More than fine started and I was like you know, I don't know. I don't know. And then like ammunition came on and dare you to move. And so I had an emotional roller coaster listening to this album. Um, but Bethany, yeah, I want to know overall where did this land was the beautiful letdown? Were you beautifully let down? And is this a flop or, or did you feel footloose and fancy free? There you go. Thank you. I needed another. Well, metaphor. that sounds was this nice, a bop? though. Footloose and fancy free is how I want to be. But well, yeah. yeah, that's how we all want to be. So I will still say this was a bop. It's there's like an okay. asterisk on there, but it's a it's a bop. Just kind of squeaked through yeah. based on like, like, what do you think? Like, like the merit of the songs that worked yes, worked like, enough to sort of carry precisely. The, like there the, are just some that are so good and that will always be so good. And that will always be so nostalgic and such like a staple of my life that it, there, it just can't not be a bop. And there were enough of them to like justify the other songs that I yeah, will skip. Totally. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, TJ, just go ahead and tell us. <laughs> I mean, I think we know. I hated this the, album. The thumbs. It was for the worst. Uh huh. <laughs> no, this this album was a total bop. I I was really pleasantly surprised by. I I thought it was gonna squeak over the line for me, 
but it really right. was like a healthy bop for me this time around, which was just really cool. I think it's That's just awesome. fun. I think of John yeah. Foreman as this like amazingly talented philosopher poet that yeah, you guys have like a similar we got a vibe. Yeah, we share. Yeah. yeah, so I really sure. enjoyed digging back into this one. Like I said at the at the jump, and um, yeah, Bethany, it was great to to join in with yeah, you. Yeah, like I said, you guys were on the same wave on a lot of those things for yes. like most of this. That we well, like it makes sense. Like I can see because I've listened to a lot of your stuff, TJ, and like oh, I thanks. can see I can see a John Foreman type like sure. quality in your songwriting, which is yeah. super awesome. So it Thank makes you. sense yeah. that you would be a fan. Right on. Yeah, Bethany, you're hired. You're here every every single F. No. <laughs> All right, I quit. <laughs> no. No. I won't listen fine. anymore got... if you quit. <laughs> yeah, neither well, will I. Hey, I don't listen. We'll all quit. So, I mean. <laughs> well, I do. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, who's up uh, next? It was just barely a flop for me. A flop? Oh. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Meant to live, uh, ammunition, redemption, gone. We're all so good. Um, but like I said before, the two like Lord Algae mixes made the rest of the album. I just feel like it should have been one or the other. And you were beautifully let down. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Because for me, my criteria is like, am I going to put this whole record on? For me, there were more songs that I'd rather skip than listen to. Mm. Uh, the songs that I really love, I'll still put those on a playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a whole, and and like I said, like lyrically, I don't really pay attention to much. So I'm just thinking more like production wise and like sonically. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt so up and down, so up and down, sort of slapdash. Uh, it didn't. I didn't feel like a musical narrative throughout the song or throughout the, the track list, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, so like, I hated to say it, but this, the way that say it loud, just like barely squeaked by a bop for me. This just like, was just like right below the line of a flop for me. That's crazy. But all right. No, it bums I'm me out surprised. to say it, but that's, you know, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I'm shocked considering that you gave Sanctus Reels, Say it loud, a bop. I'm like, I know. I think I would wowed that this doesn't get a bop from you. Yeah, I think I just had. I, I think part of this just suffered from I had such high expectations. Mm, the pitfall of expectations. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it was. I had an expectation of what this album was going to be. Yeah, and it just didn't necessarily live up to that. So I get that. I get that. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing your right, honest then. opinion, Kylan. We really value how you feel here at CJM. Even though it's wrong, according to y'all? According, I never said that. I, yeah, but you laughed at that? it, so that implied say that. agreement. Okay, now you guys are gaslighting me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to be known as the abusive guest. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's really hurts me. Aspect again and again. I'm, I'm going to call Faith and have her come back on. So Eventually, sorry. it does just become Bethany's podcast. No. <laughs> What'd you get? Bethany jams now. All right, Josh, tell us. What do you think? All right. I'm on the precipice where I can either join you, Kylan, as I've been in line with you on a lot of this record. Yeah, but you're not going to. So for me, 
a lot of like the the big songs like meant to live this is your life dare you to move like i've just heard them so many times and not because like i was the one putting them on so they were like never like big songs for me personally and even like going listening to this record even now i I still wasn't like crazy about them i can i respect them and i think they're like well done they're not the ones that i reach for or like i'm gonna like put on but to me for this record it's the in-between songs that i really like that carry this the the ones that like i kind of get to discover or like rediscover that like you kind of forget about like more than fine redemption the beautiful letdown gone you gone is great so it was that was well known back in the day but still hold up and then like adding to the noise so i think it's like you have like your big pinnacle songs which those are fine those aren't the ones for me that i like super key into um but it's all the in-between songs that i really like that carries it with the exception of on fire um so yeah so i will say that it is a bop because it's got all those songs carrying it through and even if you've heard the hits, there's still a lot to like on this record for you to dig yeah. into and enjoy, even if they're not mixed to the same standard that the yeah. hits are. Well, folks, you heard it here first. I am officially wrong. <laughs> the Beautiful Letdown is a bop. <laughs> so as we're but not to you. this episode. And that's, and that's okay. okay. It is okay. Is it? I don't know. It this is. feels like a weird consolation hey, prize hey, kind of thing. Like, stick to your commitments. Like, I'm like the puppy you guys are like dropping off the side no, of the highway. I generally You're just like, it's like, going to be okay, bud. I generally feel like you have better musical taste than most people. Like genuinely, I think that you have well, a, such a Well, the thing is, we're all, allowed, we're all allowed to disagree. We are. And you, I think you really legitimized your reasoning. Like you had a really good. Okay, that's good. It wasn't just yeah. like, yeah, it wasn't just like bullshit. No, you know, it wasn't no. just. No, no one would think it made perfect sense a, to me. It's a flop for a dramatic effect. No, um, I don't think anybody well, believes that. Good. Yeah, Bethany, thanks so much for being on our podcast. Thanks for um, having me. <laughs> even though you gave Kylan a lot of shit along the way, he's thanking. I love you. it. No, that's like my like. <laughs> Like talking shit is like my love, love language. language. That's how like yes. I give and receive love. Yes, yeah, same. Like so the listeners like, know. Now now they yeah. know. Um yeah, do you have anything you wanna promote to all of your family members that are gonna listen to this? Well, Lydia, yeah. anything I love that you they so don't much. know? That was kind of a dig. <laughs> no, no, we talked about that in the first part. In the first half, yeah, right? I know. We did, we, we did, did, we did. Okay. Yeah, we're like how all of your family members like listen oh, to like every yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay that, that was wasn't just me being an asshole yeah, yeah, for no reason <laughs> that was literally a callback from a week ago and we were really excited I was like wow I heard listeners. him bad that he would drag Mark and Laurie Munden into this like, oh my god no I was just no saying, no, no no you no. brought it up yes no I did I can't uh, win this episode you have very supportive so family members Bethany <laughs> I do no for real thank you guys for having me on like this was so much fun and. It's fun exploring and listening back to nostalgia together. And Bethany, we're really we're really grateful for you. Thanks for coming on the pod and Good. yeah, it was weighing in. You guys are awesome. I believe that's all we got. Um, so peace out, mon frere. That's not a thing I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no. peace out, mon frere. <laughs> but that's stain. <laughs> That has to stay. <laughs> what was that? What have y'all brought out in me? Oh Peace God. out, my friend. That's great. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs>
Well, this has been an episode of Church Jams Now. <laughs> yeah. Peace out, mon frere. We'll see you next time. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. That's going to be my thing. Peace I out, needed a thing. <laughs>